Welcome to the Disruptor Network Podcast. Welcome back to the Disruptors Network. We have Leslie Palazzotto here today, who is the CEO and co-founder of the Donor Project. Um, she's a former attorney, which I'm very, very interested to hear the transition here, um, and an entrepreneur. And she has a great story. She's right across the river from me in New York City. So welcome, Leslie. Ignition. Liftoff. Thank you for having me. I always love telling my journey and the story of the Donut Project. <laughs> so, you know, you have a really, really interesting story. And um, I, I did some research on you this morning. I went to some podcasts you went through. And first of all, congratulations on all the success you've had with, with the Donut Project. I mean, it's, it's from what I've read and seen everywhere else, it's, it's one of the top donuts, you know, in the world at this point right now. <laughs> yes, it's very... Um... I'm very proud too. And it's just nice. I'm very, very, you know, always say we have the best donuts, but it's nice when other people say it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I, you know, I'm going to, now I have to make my way over there because I'm just learning about everything. I don't, I, I, I kind of feel out of touch that I don't know more about it at this point to be totally honest with you because it, I, I just reading about it. I mean, you have, but first of all, you're only open, you're open five days a week now. Correct. Yes, and, and the lines around the block. So yes. that's, a, that's a good problem. And it's yes. part of the questions I'm going to get to. But how did you go from um, attorney and you were like, you know, it wasn't like it was, it was completely outside of food. You weren't in this business at all, like into um, a niche, a really niche food business. Well, um, I was a huge foodie. I was an attorney practicing law in California and um, my husband was, had business in New York. So I would come with him to, on his trips to New York and work out of my, my firm's office. Um, and I would have everything scheduled, like where we were going to dinner, where we were going to lunch. I just was, I love going out to lunch. is my favorite thing to do. Like it's my, hobby. <laughs> I, I say I'm a professional luncher, but um, so, you know, I fell in love with New York and I wanted to, to move here. And so we were just coming back and forth a lot. And I met my, um, former business partner who was a bartender at Italy and he told me he wanted to open a donut shop and I pulled out my phone and I showed him all these pictures of donuts that I would take pictures of when someone would bring donuts into the law firm and how happy they made me and how I loved them and that I was trying to move to New York and then if I did I would you know maybe help them out with the shop. Uh, I convinced my husband to move to New York which ended up being so so much better for his business anyways and I, you know, planned on taking the bar. I took it, passed it in New York because I had to do everything all over again. Which is not because, easy, by the way. That's one no, of no. Literally four months of my life, I've studied ten hours a day for the entire day. Four months of my life. Two months for California. Two months for New York. So, you know, I had attended on, you know, just practicing with my my firm that I was with, and I took the bar, passed it, and they didn't have any work for me. So I was like, oh, dang, what am I going to do? You know, so I just started dabbling in other things. And my husband was like, what about that donut shop thing? Why don't you help that guy with that? And I was like, you know, that's a great idea. So, you know, I started meeting with, he was no longer with the business now, but my business partner and we wrote a business plan. We started raising capital, friends and family capital. And then my firm called me and they said, we have a job for you. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to stay on this path. So it was a huge decision, um, but I just took the leap. Granted, I was had the ability to take that chance. Not everybody has that opportunity. I was having a very supportive um, husband who was encouraging me to be my own boss. He's had his own business and thought I would be really good at it. So I, I took the leap. Um, we, you know, it took very long from meeting to opening the shop. It took like two years. So it didn't happen overnight. 
and we opened in October of 2015 in the West Village. So, you know, a couple of things there. Um, so, you know, going deciding to go 100% and even having the financial backing, deciding to go 100% on something, which I think I always say is what I feel like you need to do. Um, I think if you don't give 100% to something that you're, you're never going to get 100% of the results you want to get. So I, I applaud you for doing that. That's not easy even if you had the financial backing because you were going away from something that was that you had already. But you chose one of the expensive markets, most expensive markets in the world to go into with a niche business um, where, you know, I don't know the stats, but I'm sure you do. You know, restaurant and, f- and food in New York City is stuff that fails every single day. Because 85%. Yeah, 85%. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know, what made you go into that market and um, what made you believe that y- your product was good enough to, to, to last and sustain it? Well, I think it's a little bit of being naive and I always have achieved any goal I've ever set. So I think it was one of these things where, sure, I can do this. I can make it happen. And neither one of us had owned our own businesses. And I mean, we were pretty stupid, I think. Uh, the odds were completely against us. But what was unique is that our take on donut flavors and we've always, um, you know, balanced our flavor profiles and taken inspiration from food and cocktails. So we've always had like alcohol glazes and, um, you know, we use sesame seeds and bacon and ricotta cheese and beets and olive oil. And so we kind of took the donut that you can get on a street cart for $2 and elevated it to something more sophisticated that grownups actually want to eat. Um, we were invited to a donut competition when we were three months old and we took our beet and ricotta donut and we won the competition. And so that kind of, we were like, wow, people really do like us. And then everything kind of changed when we were four months old, when we introduced the everything donut and literally my life changed overnight. Yeah. I saw that that was kind of the tipping point for your business where that exploded through and which is another point, like you really are um, proof that social clout is important because you're, you really exploded your business through social media, essentially. Oh, if there wasn't social media, I probably would not be here. Um, my product is very visual. My shop is very visual. Um, I'm very consistent. I handle all the social media. I take the pictures. I, I write the, you know, the content, everything. And it's great, by the way. You do a great job of your social media, by the way. It's very like, it makes you hungry just going there. But the presentation <laughs> yeah. of it is really, really good. So I applaud you for that as well. Because, you know, I put a lot into social media and your page is great. Thank you. And I just think we kind of hit, it was a perfect storm. It was when food mashups were happening and food on Instagram was becoming a thing. Granted, this was 2015. Now it's, you know, every day it happens, but that yeah. was a kind of a novelty at that time. And literally it was an Instagram post of the donut, the everything donut that caught the eye of Gothamist, which is a food lifestyle website brand. And they, you know, we got a phone call in the shop and they were like, we just saw this post on Instagram about this donut. Can you tell us about it? And so like did a phone interview for like five minutes that afternoon, the story was posted on Gothamist and we were like, yay, we've got press and that's great. And then we thought that was it. Literally the next morning we woke up, we were at the shop and it was like crickets. No, you know, we were four months old. Yeah. You know, how many donuts are we going to make today? <laughs> you know, 50, hundred, what do you think? You know? And our phone started ringing off the hook and it was like ABC news, NBC news, the wall street journal, every TV show, Kelly and Michael, Rachel Ray, the two, everybody wanted the donut. And it was just like a a switch had been flipped and we were all of a sudden in newspapers all across the globe. We've been on TV shows in Japan and in Belgium and France, like you name it, we've done it. And it was just, 
I don't think that could happen today. I think that that time frame is over. And we just got so much more followers and press and recognition just because, and it was all free. Like it was just people yeah. inquiring and want, you know, the insider, like we had a video from the insider that had, had over a million views. Like that stuff doesn't happen now unless you're like a Kardashian or something. Yeah. So, I mean, we were just very fortunate. And, um, but you can have all the hype you want. You have to have a good product and we have an excellent product and that's why we're still around. That was my next question attached to that. So, um, how do you stop yourself from trying to create another viral moment that, that maybe, um, takes away some of the, 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 the stuff you're putting into your product to make it so good? Like, because it, it's hard to keep yourself from that when you have such a viral moment like that, right? Like, right. So stop yourself from doing that again. Maybe well, trying to replicate that. You can never replicate it. Like I said, I just don't think with the algorithms and how things are now, I just don't think that that was a moment in time. I don't think you could ever, you know, recreate that. And it was just an iconic situation where it was the, you know, the famous New York bagel and, but we made a donut. And so everybody just it like blew people's minds. Now yeah. I just think people are desensitized to, to anything. Basically you could do anything. But when we are, we're doing a donut, it's not, oh, what's going to, you know, go viral. That's not how we think. It usually is originating from a collaboration or a brand partnership. So we're using somebody's product. So we build around that, or we try to create a flavor from a dessert or a nostalgic food item that you had as a child that, you know, like grandma's banana pudding or something like that. We try to build off of either pop culture, nostalgia, um, just those types of things we take inspiration from to create our flavors. It's not, Oh, let's put a sparkler on it or let's, uh, make, yeah. let's throw gold on it. It's, <laughs> it's not like that. It's very, we, we, we always are considering how it's going to taste and making sure that it's not just a sugar bomb. Yeah. You know, I, I had read about that, that you had, you had grown a lot through collaborations, which I think is, an, I tell people all the time, that's an amazing way to grow. Um, even with that, I mean, did you go after specific partners or was more people approaching you about trying to create a donut for their pro to promote their product? Like how did you go about the collaborations you've done? We have always been approached. Um, very rarely do I approach anyone. Um, it originated, we kind of became known for food and cocktail inspired donuts. And so I started getting reached out by alcohol brands to create a donut for national rum day or, you know, apple cider day, you know, our first uh, partnership was with angry orchard. Yeah. Um, and we've worked with them many times and all these brands have PR teams. So they PR teams are doing press releases. They're, you know, getting influencers to come in and try the donut. And so I was getting all this press and stuff for free. I've, I've not spent one penny. That's press. awesome. <laughs> so it just kind of started to build off itself. Then, you know, food brands and wines and cheese companies and, and, you know, Marvel and, you know, you name it, uh, Belvedere vodka and cosmetic companies and everybody wants to, us to create a donut for them either for a product launch or just for a, a national day or just to bring awareness to their brand. Now that we have so many followers right now, I mean, it's not a lot, but it's 153,000 followers. And we get a lot of eyeballs. Our pictures get garner a lot of um, interaction and, and reach. And so people reach out to us because we're basically kind of like an influencer in that respect. Um, it just happens to just be our market is donuts. And, but we promote uh, other people's food products or alcohol products through, through our website by creating donuts. That's great. I, I, um... Part of the interview I think I, I had listened to most recently is it was kind of in the middle of the pandemic. Um, 
and I had heard that you know you had closed the location because um, it just didn't make sense at the time. You had focused on focused on one location, and something you said really stuck on me because I really tell people all the time that you can't just be in your business; you have to work on your business. So it's not like if, you, if you're just stuck in your business every single day working on things that you're not working on the business. But you actually said the opposite of me into when I found it interesting. You said that you were too much working on the business and not enough working in the business. And could you talk a little bit about that and like how you, a shift in mindset maybe because of the pandemic, you know, changed maybe your strategy on to go forward? Exactly. Um, before the pandemic, I was working with this company that was going to get us, you know, to grow to other states and help us get into theme parks and explode us all over the country. And, you know, in your mindset, you think bigger is better, but it's really not. Um, the pandemic happened. So before the pandemic, I had two locations and 25 employees. I wasn't making a penny and I was miserable. It was a nightmare. I had to depend on so many people to do a crappy job because that's what yeah. they did. You know what I mean? Because I was out and my business partner at the time, we were trying to grow the business. You know, we've got to, you know, go to these other states and we, you know, that was all we focused on. So the operations suffered tremendously. Uh, the pandemic happened and it was a blessing for me and my business. Um, I closed the other location because we made everything down in the West Village and we would drive it in a freaking van through the middle of Manhattan three times a day. The driver doesn't show up. The, you know, he gets kind of in a little accident and the donuts fall over. You know, just it was, it was Nightmare. a nightmare. Yeah. So I closed the second location. I lay off everyone except our head pastry chef who is, knows, it has the most value because she can do anything. She can do any job that we have. And we just started making donuts, you know, five days a week, five hours a day, just see what would happen. Stayed open the whole time. And we just exploded. Like people would come from miles and miles away, like Connecticut, Boston, New Jersey, deep in Long Island every weekend to get our weekend specials. And that was like their sense of normalcy. They, it was like they looked yeah. forward to it. It was their only way to get out of the house. And it was like a huge event for them. And they loved it. And so we just kept growing and growing and growing. And my business partner, he had to move back to Seattle because his family had already moved back there. And so it was just me and my pastry chef. And I brought back on two other pastry chefs that I had laid off. And I have three professional pastry chefs. This is their career. And I pay them well. And I treat them awesome. And we're never been better. I've never been more profitable. I actually just did my first distribution back to initial investors. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's because it sounds like a lot of adversity too, right? It's like that you kind of got through the last 12 months, but you probably learned more. You probably, you learned probably was on turbo speed. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the efficiencies. I mean, what me and my three girls put out on, in, on a Saturday morning is what I used to pay 15 people to do. Really? Yes. Ugh. And it's just, you know, I wasn't really overseeing the operations. And so now that I am, I was like, what was the big deal? Like, why do we have all these employees and why did we allow horrible employees to work for us? And you know, the route is to have professionals, people who have gone to culinary school and this is what they care about. And this is their life and they support the brand. And I mean, it's just, I changed the business model. I mean, you evolved. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, we evolved. Like I said, I read some stuff and listened to some stuff that you did probably about a year ago. And just even from that, I can tell your mindset has changed because at that point you were like, well, I'm good at this and he's good at that. And yeah. you know, it works. But now I feel like you've gotten yourself so in the business at this point now. And I think that's what it is sometimes. Sometimes we, um, we overhype what, what something is. And then when we get in it, we're like, oh, I know how to do this. This is more normal. This is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, why did we ever tolerate a bad job? This is, you know, if I can do it, 
anybody can do it. I didn't go to culinary school, you know, like, and we've, you know, I have a great team that's, you know, we work really hard and it's, it's like on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, it's like dinner service at the most popular restaurant. I mean, that's how it is. And, and there's no goofing off. It's, it is work, work, work. And then I haven't modified my hours. I, I'm literally open 25 hours a week. That is it. And I've never made more money. That's great. And, and, you, and it's funny, you should figure out, because you probably realized there was a lot of wasted time too. With the place that yes, yes. Why pay someone to sit around to make what, 20 bucks at, after you know, three o'clock? Like, who cares? I'm like, no, it's, I have an A team. We work, we all work together five days and we have two days off. Mondays and Tuesdays, we, they have the day off. I still have everything else to do. Yeah, I have yeah, to pay yeah. bills. I have to, you know, uh, do the payroll. I have to do podcasts. I have to do these types of things. So, you know, but it's what I love, you know, I, there's nothing I'd rather do. Um, I'm, what am I going to do? Just how much Netflix can you watch? Well, I think what you, what you did more than anything, which is probably the best thing you could have done for yourself, is that you created a high demand and a low supply for your business. And now it's become like, almost like a cult thing. And that's the stuff, yes. that, that's the stuff that's long lasting. Like, you know, that, like, you know, that's stuff that lasts forever. I feel like if you can, you can manage to create that, which is very, very difficult. Yeah. I mean, the, the weekend specials, like I said, they're either a partnership, like um, this weekend we're working with Gosling's Rum out of Bermuda. Again, that we've worked with them many times. So we have, we'll have that partnership collaboration going on this weekend. Uh, next, the following weekend, I have a collaboration with uh, pretzel, Port City Pretzels out of New Hampshire. They are, I don't even like pretzels that much and they have the most awesome pretzels, pretzels in the world. So we just, I like, I have it calendared out like for at least a month and a half, either partnerships, collaborations, or we are creating something that we want, we, we create, you know? So we have a back, you know, a little list of everything we want to do. And so every weekend we have new specials every single weekend. That's awesome. And I can tell why you love it because you keep it, you keep it interesting. It's like, yes. oh, this is a new collaboration. We've never done this before. This is something cool we've done. We've never done this before. And you're creating experiences for people on the weekends where they come in and it's like a real experience for them. So it's just like, I, yes. I can tell why you're into it. 100%. I mean, I have people who come every Saturday or every Sunday. I mean, it's, and it's, you know, fitness instructors, you know, CrossFit trainers. Like it, I, I got every crowd demographic <laughs> you can think of. Like we, we have a lot of people who are really into fitness that, that come to us and because our product is good. If you're going to cheat, if you're going to eat it, eat it a treat, it better be good. And yeah. our products are creative, delicious. They're worth the price. They're, they're fun. It's an awesome environment and the people love it. So now, cause I know you change your model a little bit right now. So does your model, you think in the future in the next six months or the next six years, does that include for you expanding? Does it include more stores? Does it include something else? Like, is there something in your brain that you're thinking about right now that you want to do? Well, I actually, we license our brand and we have a licensee location that's been open in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia for two years already. Okay. They are getting ready to open their second location. I actually am in con um, discussions with a couple other countries that want to bring our brand to them. So internationally, I like to license the brand. I have a really big interest of a couple cities of people wanting to bring us to those cities. So slowly but surely, I will start expanding domestically, but it's never ever gonna be like a Krispy Kreme or a Dunkin' Donuts where we're in every city. We are a boutique, very high-end donut shop, and I'm never gonna sell it out so that it turns into something else. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, 
it can work in other places, but it, in cities that have a certain demographics, but it's not going to be on every corner in every city. I, I don't want it to be because it, there's no way if you get some money and they want to turn it into that, I'm, I'm not going to do it because I want it to stay what it truly is. And it's, it's very unique and I'm not trying to make a billion dollars. I just, I'm very proud of the brand. So I'm in my mind, I'm trying to figure out how to grow it without changing it. No, I understand. Is there something that you looked at um, as an entrepreneur um, that you modeled the business after or the user, some kind of guideline? Was there anything that you did um, in, in building this that, that helped that helped you that you felt like get here? Or was it just so niche that it was just learning every single step of the way? We learned every step of the way. I mean, of course, we looked at other donut shops on how, oh, you know, oh, they have donut racks or, oh, they do this. I mean, we knew nothing. Like, yeah. it was insane. Like, how we even survived. But um, we figured out the basics, but we always turned it up with how unique we were and the quality of our ingredients and also the hospitality component of our business. It's not like people walk in and you're like, what do you want? It's people walk in, there's cool music, there's street art on the walls, there's chandeliers. It's, you know, we got cool move, Star Wars movie on the TV, you know, and I, we talk to you, we're, how you doing? Where are you guys from? Like, it's, it's all about hospitality and good product. Those two pieces. And we have really cool merchandise. People love our t-shirts. Uh, yeah, like, it's like, it's those three things is what make us different. I was going to mention that I saw the t-shirts in the, some of the pictures and they look, they look great. Like you guys yeah. did a great job with the t-shirts. So yeah, I'm sure totally. like that stuff too, which is awesome. No, um, I know. I wish I could have half my shop be a retail clothing store, but I just, it's a tiny shop. There's yeah, no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what advice would you give to somebody who was looking to get into, you know, maybe not your business, but like, uh, you know, something niche wise, product wise that whether it's New York city, someplace else, like, what steps would you give somebody advice to take before they did it? Well, first of all, you have to really like the product, service, widget, whatever it is that you're going to be selling, because this is going to become your life. You're going to eat, breathe, and sleep that product um, constantly. It's so all you're going to think about is your business, whether you're on vacation, whether you're out with dinner, it's always on your mind. And you're thinking, how can I make it better? Oh, this would be a good donut or whatever. So you have to really like what it is that you're trying to do. Um, and then initially, I think you really need to partner with people who have skills that you don't have because I was an attorney, my business partner was a bartender. He was like kind of the class clown and I was the corporate structure. And so we kind of melded into a good team. Um, if we were both like me, it probably wouldn't have worked. If we were both like him, it certainly wouldn't have worked. So you got to have a team that's well-rounded and have, have different skill sets. If everybody's the same, then it's probably not going to work. Um, and then you have to really plan plan for expenses. Like we were so undercapitalized when we opened, it was ridiculous. Like our renovation was supposed to take three months. It took six months. We had four free months of rent. So we were paying rent for two months before we even opened. Like we were in the hole, like big time hole. And it so just- Out of the gate, which is, which is you would, so you saw it yeah. people all to begin with. Yes, I didn't take a salary for a year. Like it was crazy. So if you're going to start in a food business, A, you have to really like it. And it can't be just it, like what everybody else is doing. If we made chocolate donuts and vanilla, it, it, we would have never made it. Sure. Especially in New York City, you yeah. have to be unique. You have to have something that makes you special. I mean, 
you, how many restaurants do you see that have a steak, a chicken, a fish, and you know, whatever, and they, they go out with the winds. Like right. you have to have a point of view or, or there has to be something special about you and our, you know, ingredients that we use that most people wouldn't think to put on a donut, sweet and savory and, and spicy and stuff like that. Like it's just, it made us unique and that's why we lasted and why we are successful. Yeah, and specifically, because I know where you are, um, there's some other niche businesses around there too. Like it's like, oh, you're, yeah. in a, you're in a tough market. It's New York City's very, very small, but there's also a lot packed into those small areas. If there's a lot of competition. There's <laughs> ice cream, there's cookie dough, there's um, croissants, there's, you name it. There's, yeah. there's so much competition for that treat. So and it's always you to, coming too, I was, too. So it's like you have to always be, which is great. What I think about your product is that you're, you're pretty much always changing. Yes. It's always, you're always, you're always evolving. Right. Well, we found that you, we have to have some core flavors that people can consistently come in and get because if we try to take something away, people don't like that. So we have a core menu. We have seasonal flavors. You know, like right now it's blueberry lavender. We're getting ready to transition into some other, you know, late summer flavor. And then we have the weekend specials. So there's something always there. There's something that's kind of around for a little bit. And then there's something brand new and you better get it this weekend or you're never going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you, uh, is there like a limit of donuts you could buy when you come in? Like, like, is there any like rules? No rules? <laughs> uh, sometimes on special weekend specials, we'll have a limit of two. Those are typically when it's very labor intensive and we okay. have a high demand already. Like we do pre-orders and sometimes we'll have, 50 pre-orders. I'll have like $1,700 worth of donuts sold before I even open the door. That's crazy. Yeah. And so we kind of have to monitor the demand and it all is kind of contingent on the post. Like I post every Wednesday at 5 PM to announce what our, our a side of the record um, weekend special is going to be the, okay. the top bill. And I know within the first 20 minutes of Instagram, how well that donut's going to do. Like I can tell. Just based off the pre-orders. Just off of the the interaction on Instagram and whether pre-orders start coming in. Got like it. it's it's really interesting. <laughs> so and then we usually introduce like a B-side um, weekend special just to kind of supplement uh, on Thursday, and then people really start ordering because they want to know what that second one is. That's this cool. last weekend we only had one, and we had people DMing us saying. What's the second one going to be? What's the second <laughs> one? Be? Oh, I'm sorry, it's only one this weekend. <laughs> like I can't have it all week, can I? Like I gotta have something yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. People it so, yeah, people are very they they're trained. Like they know the, review the post. This is what we we're going to be doing, and so it's how I communicate with everyone is through our weekend, you know, the Instagram posts and and stories. Yeah, well, and it's awesome. You know what? Um, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs on here and uh, I'm in banking, so I'm in a completely different market, obviously, but like your enthusiasm comes through about your product and I can always tell when it's a good product and or business based off of the person I'm talking to and their enthusiasm around it. So, I, you know, I credit to you because I think that it's a hard business. You went through a hard time and you're still very, very energetic and passionate about it, which I think is awesome. Well, it's funny because people ask me which, which career is easier, being a lawyer or running a donut shop, because everybody thinks running a, you know, owning a donut shop is all fun and games. Yeah. They're, they're equally as stressful, <laughs> weirdly, but I get to have fun. I yeah. know what, we get to make people happy, and that's what donuts do. When people come in, they go, I've been following you for a year, and I'm finally here. I can't wait. 
Like people come in and just tell us all the time, such great stories, how excited they are and how they've been talking with their friend that they're coming this weekend. I mean, it's just, we make people happy. I mean, I was one of those people. I mean, people would bring donuts into the law firm I was working. It would like totally change the mood. It would yeah. make them happy. People would stand around, joke and talk, you know, like it, it brought like this little kind of happiness to an otherwise mundane situation. And so that's what I like to do. I like to make people happy. And it's, it's a lot more fun than being in a courtroom. Yeah, you know, the whole thing is, is that I think that but by having to change it every single week, it's like they're almost holding you accountable to be creative every single week, mm -hmm. which is probably, it can be stressful, but it's also good. Like having someone that's holding you to a standard every single week, like probably makes, pushes you. Yeah, it pushes you. It keeps it exciting. I mean, if we just did the same thing all the time, I, I wouldn't like it as much. Um, we get to be very creative. Um, we, we work together. We test on Wednesdays. We're testing Oh, this works. This doesn't work. Oh, listen, you know, sometimes they work immediately, the donut, and sometimes they don't. We have to tweak it a little bit. So, you know, it's fun to do the research and development. And, you know, it's a creative outlet for me. Um, my, you know, I'm kind of have dual dimensions. I have the logical side of me, but I also have the, you know, artistic side of me. My undergrad's in art history, and I've always been into art and creative things. So it's a way for me to, my, the Instagram page is my art project, basically. Yeah, I mean, you do a great, you do a great job of making it enticing to want to come in, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have a little format, and it's like, just be consistent, and that, that's my, that's my, you know, format. I have three or four different kind of angles or Styles. camera techniques that I use, and, and that's it. I, I probably could do way more with it, but I'm, I'm too busy, and I'm yeah. like, it works right now, so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Stick with it. Yeah, it's working. Well... Um, I think your story is awesome. I, I think I'll probably be there this weekend, just so you know, to get donuts. So uh, let me know, DM me. I'll yeah, I, I definitely will. And, and where can people? I, I, are you at the Donut Project on Instagram? Is that the Instagram handle? It's the Donut Project. Okay. Yeah. C H yeah. E, and then Donut is spelled out the correct way, not the short Dunkin' Donut way. D O U G H. Yes, it's <laughs> the Donut Project. That is our. Um, Instagram handle that is our website um, where you make pre-orders or you can pre-order from order food on the Instagram page. Um, but yeah, and we're in the West Village. It's very fun. There's wonderful restaurants. There's all kinds of exciting things happening in the West Village. It's an iconic neighborhood of New York. Um, we're open Wednesday through Sunday at 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Those are the hours. That's when you need to come. And because that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all you're gonna get. So get there early. Yeah, it's all you're getting. We, you know, it's funny. We do wedding. You know, we, I'm, I'm doing donuts for weddings again. We have food tours every day that come through. That's coming. That's started back up again. So the business is just growing with just with that kind of, um, you know, activity. Tourists are coming to New York again. Yeah. So my, I'm already growing without doing anything because there's a bigger audience already. Uh, last weekend, we did so many wet, like massive amounts of donuts for weddings. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear business is thriving as well. So on top of everything else, but um, your story is great. I really appreciate you coming on and thank you. And um, you have a new fan. So I'll be awesome. Awesome. Well, come see me. Come see me. You're going to love it. And everybody else who's in New York or around New York or coming to New York can come visit for sure. Definitely. You'll have you'll have a good time and you'll have delicious donuts. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Take care. What an amazing podcast with Leslie with the Donut Project. 
It's a true story of entrepreneurship, the start and the beginning of a business, how that may change, how she used collaborations to explode her business, and how she had to pivot during COVID and totally change a model, shorten the days, put out a better product. It was great. Uh, and for anybody that's looking to start a business, especially in a niche market, this is something you want to listen to. If you're ever in New York City, make sure to check out The Donut Project. Stay tuned for the next Disruptors Network.